This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And yes, you are on Bump and Beyond with me, your host, Yolandi Becker. And as always, we're talking parenting. I don't know about any of you, but I'm very big on Instagram. Maybe sometimes I'm a little bit too much on Instagram. If you like to follow me, of course, you can go on Yolandi Becker and go follow my journey as a parent and as a runner. That's kind of my focus at the moment. Um, But I also myself follow quite a few mom influencers. And um, I especially love the journey that the moms kind of take where they start with breastfeeding and the babies are small and it kind of the evolution starts happening into toddlerhood. And this is where I think there's quite a significant change that also happens because as a mom, obviously, um, your life changes a little bit when you have a toddler. Whereas when you have a baby, you have to be readily available. You have to adjust your diet and everything quite significantly when you're breastfeeding. And there's a newfound freedom that comes with toddlerhood as a mom in the sense of they become a little bit more independent, but you also get your body back because this is often the time where you stop breastfeeding and you can start enjoying a glass of wine again and things like that. And that for me is very interesting to see, especially on influencers where this has become a very kind of normal thing that we we segue into uh, is this that once our kids become toddlers we need to find these coping mechanisms and a very normal coping mechanism seems to be drinking and wine and it's you know we even sometimes refer to it as mom juice Um, and this is what the topic is about today because I have actually I'm celebrating today 66 days of not drinking Um, and I wanted to share with that and I also want to share that this is a non-judgment space because those moms I was talking about, I was part of that tribe, <laughs> to be honest. And that's actually why I want to talk about it is, is because I think we've normalized it so much. You kind of feel out if you're not part of this crowd type of thing. And um, I want to talk about this mom wine culture a little bit. Um, because again, like I said, I was part of that tribe. I remember going to um, or being invited to kids' birthday parties. And then being um, very ticked off when the party start uh, started at 10 a.m. or something. Because then I'm like thinking, I can't drink at 10 a.m. How can you go to a kid's birthday party and not have a glass of wine? What's the point? Um, so, again, please also no judgment from your side onto me. But, again, I feel it's such a normal thing Um, that is happening and that we're in some ways normalizing this mom wine culture. But to talk to me about this a little bit, and I'll share a lot more about my own journey if there's time. Um, But expert guest today is Janet Gorant, joining me, the founder of Tribe Sober. Um, Also a mom, of course. Thank you so much, Janet, for joining me today. Thank you, Yalandri. It's a pleasure and many congratulations on your 66 alcohol-free days. Yes, and to be honest, I actually feel like it's been easier than what I thought it would be, to be honest. Um, uh, and I feel obviously a lot, a lot better about it. Um, but for me, the thing is about this 
drinking and non-drinking and actually the choice of starting to not drink because it was something for me personally that I was thinking about quite a lot. I think um, at one point it started for me, especially in COVID times um, where you're now stuck with your kids at home and you're stuck at home and it's much easier because you don't have to go work all the time. And we kind of, me and my husband got into a bit of a rhythm of um, drinking a lot more than what we did before COVID. I use the normal justifications, like I'm not drinking in the morning, I'm not, um, you know, drinking every night, I'm not, you know, that type of thing, and uh, to kind of justify the increase in it. Um, but um, I got to a point where I really started feeling that it was not a healthy place where I was anymore with my drinking. But when I started looking for assistance with the stopping drinking and whatever, it was either you say you're an alcoholic or you're not. And I felt like you're either okay with drinking or you're an alcoholic. And I felt like there was no in-between in those extreme examples. And um, and again, there's no, again, no judgment with regards to, because I do think actually, if you go look at my drinking habits before that, I might have been uh, classified as an alcoholic. <laughs> um, just in the sense that I think you have to drink. I don't know, Janet, you're more of an expert. What, what, what justifies as that? But for me, again, I was just finding to trying to find that in between. Share with me your journey. How did you bring, what brought about Tribe Sober? Uh, sure. Just let me say a word about that. Um, <laughs> am I an alcoholic thing? It's so interesting because the temptation is to compare ourselves with the hardcore alcoholic, isn't it? And think yeah. that we're fine because society has stigmatized the alcoholic to such an extent that now we think, oh, well, it's that homeless man in the park, you know. It's yes, not or the main actor from Shameless. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not that bad, so I must be fine. But of yes. course, it's a spectrum and there's a huge, there's millions of us in between the non-drinkers and that man in the park. And some of us are work, uh, working our way up that spectrum. And I think if we just looked at the average alcoholic, I mean, I don't, I don't use that word, but just because so many people understand it, it's far more likely to be um, a very functional executive with a nice family at home. You know, that is yeah. what an alcoholic looks like in this day and age. And those are the kind of people that we work with. You know, we work with mostly professionals and lots of moms. And so, yeah, I just wanted to say that. And that is a particular strategy on behalf of big alcohol they want us to think well i'm not like that so i'll carry on drinking no i so mean that's honestly and that's for me one of the things maybe that delayed and also why i wanted to prompt this conversation a little bit is because why delayed because again i felt like i was mentally you know, justifying it, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm not drinking. I never drank in the morning. I also easily, if we drove somewhere and I knew I had to drive, I didn't drink when we went mm -hmm. out. So I easily did that, but then came home and had a glass of wine, yeah. <laughs> but, and those type of things. So for me, I had all these small kind of things and I, I kind of felt personally this is also not a normal place anymore to be at. And I've done lots of sober Octobers and all those type of things. But again, I felt that this, but more on this, this just now. <laughs> 
This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. Good morning and welcome back. If you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM. I am your host, Yolandi Becker. And if you've just joined us today, we are talking about mommy juice and the mom wine culture. That is it. And I, in essence, want to you to avoid it <laughs> in some ways. And that's why I'm speaking to the founder of Tribe Sober, Janet, about this specific topic. Janet, before we went into ad break, I was asking you, I mean, I assume you were also part of this um, mom wine culture. Is that how it brought it about? <laughs> oh, totally, totally. In fact, my, my story is fairly typical in that, uh, well, I started drinking at college because I wanted to fit in. No. And then that carried on into my 20s, my 30s, and it was very much a social thing for me. I mean, I was always an enthusiastic drinker. I loved it. I remember my first drink, it was like a magic potion. So I enjoyed drinking, and but it was very much a fun thing. But gradually, as I got into my 40s, and then I was a working mum, you know, with a quite a demanding corporate job, and then I'd get home at six o'clock, the house would be a mess, you know, there'd be no dinner ready, I'd have to do all the domestic stuff. And then finally, you know, it was time for, for my time, my reward, and that was my bottle of wine. And so in my 40s, as a working mum, I was drinking a bottle of wine a night and that continued in my 50s. And to be honest, because all of my friends drank like that, it was so normalized, I didn't worry about it at all. I mean, I used to go over the top sometimes and and wake up with a crashing hangover and think, oh my God, you know, I mustn't do that anymore. So now and again, I'd get the odd warning sign. But it wasn't really until my 50s when I got breast cancer and the the link between heavy drinking and breast cancer is very clear now. You know, the evidence is stacked up. But this was back in 2006, and people didn't talk about that link much. And I was still kind of in denial. So I carried on drinking. But I did think I, must, I, mustn't, I mustn't drink quite this much. I've got to cut down. So I tried to cut down. And I say cut down because I couldn't imagine not drinking. I mean, how would that work? What would life be without wine? I mean, I live in the Western Cape and we're surrounded (laughs) by it. So uh, I just tried to cut down. But I tried and failed and tried and failed. And, of course, now I understand that once we've crossed a line with our drinking, we'll never be able to cut down. We have to ditch the stuff. And the good news is that it is actually a lot easier to quit completely than to try and control it once you have become dependent. So that was was my problem. I mean, the, the whole of my 50s, I would say, I spent trying to quit drinking, cut down drinking, and I couldn't. And then finally, um, I was in my 60s, 63 years old, and I had a a terrible blackout. It it was what I call a walking, talking blackout. I was away with some friends in a house. We'd rented this lovely house in Paternoster for the weekend. And it was, they, they were a boozy crowd. So uh, it was one of those weekends where you start on the bubbly in the morning at breakfast and it just kind of carries on. Yeah. So Saturday was a blur. I woke up 
Sunday morning feeling dreadful, but of course pretending I was fine because I'm British, we do that, stiff up a bit. <laughs> and at breakfast I said, oh, let's go and look at the other house down the road because that's also, we can rent that, you know, yeah. it's village and we can have that next time we come here. So I was suggesting that we did this and there was this kind of weird hush around the table and they said, uh, Janet, we did that yesterday. Oh, my word. <laughs> and, you this, and you were walking and you were talking and you didn't seem drunk. You weren't stumbling. You, you weren't. Yeah. That really frightened me somehow. You know, that got to me even more than the breast cancer because I think the breast cancer made me realize I was damaging my body. But the thought that I was messing with my brain now, because I did some research and a blackout like that, which is called a kind of gray out, I think. But what it means is it's not that you've forgotten stuff. It's that your brain is so soaked in alcohol that it's incapable of making those memories. memories. Ah. Oh, my God, what am I doing? And then the next morning after that weekend, I woke up and I said to my husband, that's it. I'm, I'm done with alcohol. And to be fair to me, he didn't laugh, but he said, um, well, you've never said that before. You've always said you're going to cut down. And that was my kind of secret power, the fact that I knew I had to quit the stuff completely. Yeah. And I do have to say, and I mean, that's something for that tribe sober also, uh, coincidentally, I also stumbled onto it, I feel, um, already a, a, quite some time ago. Um, already, I want to say in the beginning of 2023, maybe in 2022 already, I subscribed to uh, some of your newsletters. So the idea for me had already been planted quite some time ago before I actually took the plunge to just stop. Um, because again, I was, and, and I mean, Again, um, for me, this is a, an opportunity to remind people as well. I mean, you're not talking, and I mean, this is this is an extreme example, I feel, as well, when you're blacking out and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But that's the build-up that happens. I was also a casual drinker in university, mm -hmm. completely stopped for quite some time when my kids were small without any problems, and it just kind of gradually built up. And that was, for me, also one of the, the fact that my tolerance for alcohol became yeah. so much. You know, one glass did nothing for me anymore. Yeah. And it was like you needed – and that was also for me a little bit, hey, this is not okay anymore. This is not okay anymore. And, I mean, also the other thing is is that you're – we're always, you know, conscious about our weight. I'm running quite a lot and things like that. And you're wondering why you're not losing weight <laughs> because yeah. you, know, you get all these calories. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, um, I also just wanted to add on and you're, with you saying that just quitting actually for me was also, I still remember 26 November standing um, after a couple of times saying to my husband, I think I want to do a like dry January again or whatever, um, or completely stop. I was playing with the idea and he came in to me and he's like, I, I want to stop drinking. And then I'm like, I was standing with a bottle of wine and I had like about a quarter of it in the bottle and I was standing with it in my hand and I, threw it down the drain. I'm like, I'm starting now. <laughs> I'm not waiting anymore. Um, well, and he said, well, let's well. go for it. And I think that's what, I mean, I had my little tribe, me and my husband um, are doing it together. And it's been very, it has been such a wonderful experience actually. And to be honest, much easier than I thought it would be um, because the benefits are just so mm -hmm. much. I'm feeling yeah. so great about it. And um, I'm so much more, 
better um, about dealing with it. And that's my next question kind of to you as well, because a lot of the time, like I mentioned, it starts here around toddlerhood where you're like, it's okay, I'm going to drink a glass of wine after my toddler goes to bed. And it starts with a glass of wine where you're just like, this is my reward. Like you said, at the end of the hectic day with a freaking toddler running around the whole day that I'm going to give myself a glass of wine. And that's how it starts for all of us. (laughs) Do you, now knowing what I know, I'm just saying that we do use wine often um, as a coping mechanism for these type of things to relax and does it really work? (laughs) I know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Do you even need me? You're such a brilliant surprise advocate. Um, Well, what it does, of course, is it, it numbs us. So it numbs our anxiety. And in fact, um, alcohol makes our anxiety worse. There's a a meme that I like. I mean, there's plenty of mommy wine memes, but there's also a meme that I like, which says drinking alcohol is like pouring alcohol on our anxiety. Mm. So, you know, we can spend the evening, we can drink our wine, we can go to bed and have our not very good sleep because it impacts on our quality of sleep. And that's one thing I remember you need when you've got small kids, you need your sleep. But um, we need seven cycles of REM and you only get two cycles of that deep restorative sleep if you've been drinking. I think memory is laid down. (laughs) Yes, yes, that again. Your your sleep, you know, is impacting negativity. And also, well, I used to, and I think many people as they come into the dependence stage, they wake up at 3 a.m. feeling dreadful. And that's when the alcohol is leaving your body. And that's when the anxiety comes back, but tenfold, you know. Mm. And obviously in the middle of the night, everything seems more. 50,000 times worse in the middle of the night. And that's one of the signs. And I just wanted to congratulate you on picking up those signs because it's so important. And our latest Tribe Sober podcast, which is on Apple and Spotify, it's called 15 Signs You Need to Take a Break from Alcohol. So I would say if someone's a bit worried, just have a listen to that and see if those signs resonate with you. Because it's, I mean, you mentioned tolerance, didn't you? Mm. At the end of my drinking, I could drink two bottles of wine and I wouldn't feel a thing, you know, because that's what happens. If you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM. Um, I am your host, Yolanda Becker, and I am talking to the founder of Tribe Sober about um, this mom wine culture and how, and again, I mean, we also now, we're trying for you to avoid it. If you're a a young mom and you're enjoying your glass of wine, there's nothing wrong with enjoying a glass of wine. That's also not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying that can it, it can become a very quick, slippery slope, especially if you are using the wine to, to cope with certain things. Yes, I can yes. assure you, you will always then need something, a crutch to cope with those things. And in all, honestly, like Janet said, and I've completely experienced this, is that for me, I, I mean, you now say it numbs things, but I mean, in some ways I had the feeling that, um, it heightens something. So you're either really happy, but when you're annoyed also, 
also with your children. That was one of the reasons why I also wanted to completely stop because I didn't want my children to think that this amount of drinking is normal or any amount of drinking is normal and that type of thing. And that I'm using wine to relax at the end of the day that you need those type of things. Um, for me, it kind of made me more annoyed <laughs> when <laughs> I was drinking. So it also, I don't know if that is a thing, but I mean, that was kind of my experience Um is that it didn't really help, like I said, with anxiety, with anything like that. In the contrary, it made it a lot worse. Yeah. Can I just say a word for the the moderate drinkers so that we don't worry everybody with us? Yes. The, the low risk limits of wine, as we're talking about wine, it's one and a half bottles of wine a week. So if you're listening to this and you drink within those limits, so you have just, you know, the odd glass of wine, not every night, just a couple of times a week, you're probably absolutely fine. Yes, and that's great. Enjoy that time. (laughs) And enjoy it. And I'm very envious. But uh, really, if you're drinking more than that consistently and you can't cut down to those limits, then, you know, just just start thinking about it and exploring. Be sober curious. That's the best thing to oh, do. I love that word, sober me curious too. as me well. Um, it took me a while. I mean, also on a podcast that you had, I I heard that it's sometimes the average person who obviously then uh, is more on the higher spectrum of drinking takes about 11 years to make yeah. the choice. Yeah, well, that was, that, was, that was me in my 50s, you know, any <laughs> moderating, trying to stop, it's it's. 11 years is the average. When I first heard that, I thought it was mad. But it's uh, I realize yeah. it's true now. I, I was also wondering, because I do feel, I mean, COVID again, go, coming back to it, because that's kind of where, for me, I feel it really went in a, a specific direction, my drinking. Um, uh, that was also for me interesting, is the fact that the hospitals were so yeah. uh, empty when yeah. they did the um, so for me I I definitely think that as a society in South Africa we are a lot more prone to drinking and normalizing drinking do you find that's an experience do you know what the statistics are for the average person drinking and how much the average parent drinks do you know things like that I don't have statistics for that, but certainly the COVID experience here in South Africa was such a clear demonstration, wasn't it, of that that problem, the fact that the hospitals emptied when we had our alcohol ban and then there was room to treat the COVID patients. I mean, no other country in the world did that or discovered that. And it's horrific, the statistics here. I think it's about 170 people every day die from alcohol related causes you know the car crashes the that is violence that is, and, and i mean tragic and that's what i'm saying is is that for me this is such a relevant conversation to have because again i think it becomes too normal that we are saying that we're do, doing it and again there is extremes and there is a normal way to drink for sure as well but you can become very – I was always one of those moms that could also drink once a week or whatever, and it was fine. And it kind of gradually built yeah. on itself. And I just want you to check yourself before yeah. you wreck yourself. Yeah, I, I say to people, do an annual dependence check, just like you'd go for a medical. Ah. We do our dry January fundraiser every January. And I say, just you know, do a dry January, and if you get through it, 
easily without even thinking about it, then you're fine. But mm. if you find it a real struggle, because my dry Januarys, I used to grit my teeth and count the days until we got to February. And then we get into February and I'd think, well, I can't be an alcoholic because I've just done a dry January. And that's what I said to you, that there's always this perception that there's like, um, it's either you're an alcoholic yeah. or there's no like kind of in between type of thing yeah. for me. And that was for me a struggle because again, I feel for that reason it takes you a lot longer to get to that realization yeah because you you've got so many of these things that is justifying you drinking a glass of wine or two at the end of the day yeah and the thing to remember Yolandi is that even if alcohol doesn't destroy us you know and give us blackouts and everything it can prevent us from reaching our potential mm. because we have so many people in our tribe that are just living such a beautiful life since they've ditched the booze. You know, they've discovered hobbies, new friends, new things to do. Some of them have made huge changes in their life. They realize, you know, that they don't want to be with the partner that they're with. They hate their job and they have the energy and the motivation to do something about it. Yes, that's fantastic. What is like, what do you feel is the impact of um, drinking and on our children? Yeah, well, I think we're modeling it, aren't we, basically? We're modeling a behavior and they they will, they, they don't miss a thing, children. That's, that's so clever, really. Yeah. They? And they will see it as a way that mommy kind of copes. You know, yeah. I think it's quite heartbreaking when you think that a child might be thinking, maybe subconsciously, but, oh, wow, she needs that to cope with me because I'm difficult, you know, and she finds reading me a story boring, so she's got her wine on the go. So I think, you know, we are modelling quite a harmful behaviour and we're just normalising it, normalising it, so that the child, as they grow up, they think, well, you know, I'm 16 now, so I'm going to drink like mom drinks. And that, again, the, the positive side of, of quitting is that you can involve your children and then it starts a dialogue. So we have like trackers, you know, so that you can color in your alcohol-free days. And children love those kind of things. And we, we say to the mom, stick it on the fridge, tell your kid you're doing this challenge and get them to help you to color in. And then it's it's fun, you know, it becomes yeah. fun. And you've opened that dialogue about the fact that it's not good to drink too much. And at, at the very least, you must take a break now and again. Yeah. And, and I really love that a lot. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. And just like that, we are moving in the direction of the show being over. If you've just joined me, we are talking about... Um, yeah, mom, the mom wine culture. And just again, not for sure, not everyone needs to completely stop drinking. But for me, this is just an awareness to, to like Janet mentioned, to check yourself this time of the year and to just kind of take tally of how much you are drinking, making sure you're still in a good healthy space for it so that you don't need to go into the direction of completely having to stop but still enjoying it in a healthy way. And that's what it is about. But luckily, people like Janet, like she said, they, they're just finishing their dry January challenge at Tribe Sober. Um, but you've also got a great boot camp 
coming up. What is that about, Janet? And also, please remind us where we can find you. <laughs> Sure, sure. Every few months we run a boot camp and this is our seventh and they're, they're really popular. And even if you're just so curious, I'd advise you to come and have a look at it. It's, uh, it's completely free, takes place on a private Facebook group. So know your friends can't see that you're doing it. A lot of people ask me that. And what it is, is every day uh, there's a task, there's a couple of Facebook lives, there's loads of people talking all day long, you know, we recommend readings, podcasts, and it's it's a lot of fun. And we start on, on the Monday, it goes on till the Friday. And the kind of topics that we cover, we talk about changing your mindset, because this whole thing is not about willpower, because that doesn't last. It's about changing the way that you see alcohol. We talk about avoiding the moderation trap and finding your why. So there's lots and lots of free content, and some people enjoy it so much they decide to become members at the end, but there's absolutely no obligation to do that. So I would say just come along and, uh, and have some fun and meet some other people that are talking about this fascinating topic and, you know, just find out more. And the information, you can find it on the homepage of tribesober.com. And that's our website, and you can find everything about us in that website. Yes, and it's really great. They've got lots of great podcasts as well on this website where you can go listen to different things um, about if you're sober curious. Um, also for to share with friends, of course, as well, it would be great. Um, and for me as well, and Janet asked me in the beginning, so where because like I said, 66 days, this is apparently where your sober pathway is set. Um, um, if I'm going to start drinking again, and to be honest, Janet, I don't have a good reason to start. <laughs> it's been so great and so magnificent for me. I've Socially, there's no weirdness for me. There's so many options as well available yeah. to not to drink alcohol, to be honest. It's the perfect time. Um, have a reason uh, that you can tell people. I'd say I want to be healthier and yeah. that's it. <laughs> no big deal. You don't have to tell them your life story. <laughs> yes, but um, yes, go check out. Thank you so much. Um, go check out tribesober.com. Thank you so much, Janet, for joining me. It was really lovely having Thank you. you. <laughs> and well done. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you so much.